Yo, what's up? Dr. Swole here, MD, bodybuilder, back with another episode on Swole Radio. This is part two of my interview with Jeff Alberts. Here, we shift away from his contest prep and talk about sustainability in bodybuilding. We touch on exercise selection as well as changes in his training philosophy over the years. Hope you enjoy. Yeah, I know how you were talking about how your body started feeling tired and sort of looking that, reflecting mm-hmm. how you're feeling. Yeah. And, and prep is definitely really tough on the body. So, yeah, just the body, but it's also tough on the family, you know, putting through those people that, you know, your loved ones, you know, they're supporting you. But I mean, when you're doing it for 12, 14 months stretch at a time, because there's a lot of hyper focus there, you know, on, on my end. Um, so that energy you're putting into that endeavor, it's some of that energy gets taken away from other things in life. So to have 14 month stretch for that, that's, you know, not really too reasonable, I think. So that's, you know, one of the amazing reasons why I'm taking 2020 off. It's like one, I need a break. Like my body definitely needs a break. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, I need to spend more energy, you know, elsewhere outside of bodybuilding um, just to be fair, you know, to those I love people I love Um, because at my age, it's like, I have put the work in, like I have a good enough physique where I can probably compete every year, but it's just too hard, like physically. And then, like I said, you know, this, it, you know, and those around us, I think we have to think about that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a very central part of what I try and educate people on is that once you figure out something that's optimal, you then want to make it as sustainable as possible because mm-hmm. life isn't just about bodybuilding. And as much as we'd like to be robots and just, living or living our robotic life it's not really like that yeah i mean if we really want to get deep with the conversation um because like when we listen to podcasts or we look at the science everything's about being optimal um but i think when we look at like life like is it really optimal if you're like some people they get very obsessive when they're prepping and they get very selfish I mean, is it really optimal that we're being an asshole, you know, to everybody around us for six months, a year? Um, So there's a lot of things I think that a lot of us don't see online. Like all we see is like we see a shredded physique. We see this person saying, oh, I'm optimal. I'm losing X amount of weight per week. I'm hitting X amount of protein. I'm being very optimal to science. Look at me. I look awesome. Um, but we don't always see the full truths or the, maybe the story behind all that um, is the day to day. You know, not everybody's going to share like the darker side. Like I try to do do that to a certain degree. Like I try to share like, hey, this shit sucks. You know, this is how it's impacting this or that, like real life stuff. So like in my darker days of bodybuilding, I talk about that online quite a bit. You know, from from the time I was in my early 20s when I first started competing until I was probably in my mid-30s it was all about trying to be optimal trying to be perfect and because of that a lot of my relationships sacrificed whether it was my ex-wife job um you know other relationships it was just like looking in hindsight it's like oh yeah it's like I put bodybuilding on the front burner and everything else got put on the back burner Uh, So that's why I stress now, like, it's important to try to balance things out. And it's never perfect. Like, you're never going to be able to say, yeah, my relationships were perfect, you know, through a prep or and all that. Like, it's never going to be perfect, but it can be better. Um, 
and I always say like, yeah, I mean, if, if anything, if, you know, it's always a good idea to maybe buy a rose or a dozen roses or, Hey, like get your significant other, a cup of coffee in the morning, just to show that, Hey, you still care because sometimes like without even realizing it, we're just always on ourselves. So I think that, that to me, it's like, I, I just want to put myself out there and show that, Hey, we're, we're human, you know, we're not robots. And, you know, you have to kind of ask yourself if I'm trying to be this perfect bodybuilder uh, on paper, according to X, Y, and Z science, what's this other part of your life? Is it suffering because of it? And then, then this be, gets the question is, is now that is this optimal? Or is it maybe optimal here? So in the middle, so that's kind of like, you know, and I think over time, if you ask more experienced bodybuilders, um, you know, you're probably going to get similar responses to, to maybe what the, the answer, like you're going to get more gray responses than black or white responses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this is something I think I learned from you from, must've been from a podcast a while ago, but you were saying that you have this prep mantra and part of the first part is don't be a dick. Yeah. Don't be a dick. You love, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's, that's based off experience, right? That was it. Yeah. It's not something you know, the science didn't tell me don't be a dick. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay, I was an actual dick for my first decade of my bodybuilding career. And so some of those, those like, I did win decent amount of, you know, division titles and all this, you know, during that era. I don't look back on that and go, oh, man, I, I've just, I'm so proud of these wins. It's like, man, I was not so proud like now it's like this this past contest season like i, I you know I, I won a pro show i took second and two two other pro shows took six at worlds like i'm far more proud of that now because of the approach that i've taken and again not a perfect one but a far superior approach than it was let's say 10 15 20 years ago um because it's like i'm not that selfish egotistical hardcore bodybuilder that I that I once was so that like when I look back at the accomplishment of this season it's not the placings it's more about the journey the approach the enjoyment that I had like in, making sure that I was including my family in on the prep so it's those things that I, I take away as uh, being the most proud mm -hmm. because let's face it you know five years from now no one's gonna go oh Jeff you know, hey, he, in 2019, he he got six at Worlds at 48. Like, no one's gonna remember that. Mm -hmm. No one, no one knows when I won pro cards or pro titles. Like, no one's gonna remember all that stuff. But trust me, you know, your family or whatever. If you're an asshole through that, they're gonna go, oh yeah, that was the time you won that show. You're a dick. They're gonna remember that. You know. So yeah, that's what I try to teach others through my platform and as well as being a coach with my athletes. Mm -hmm. Going along the sustainability slant, um, has there been any changes to your training uh, philosophy throughout the years? In terms yeah. Of, yeah, just in terms of your splits, volume, anything. I'll share a story that changed my approach. So up until 2013, I've always been pretty intense, you know, pretty, hey, let's get after it. You know, I've always been like someone who puts out a lot of effort in the weight room. I still do. But there's a lot more control now than there was, let's say, prior to 2013. So 2013, I tore my calf um, and I didn't listen to my body. It was telling me through the training session that, hey, it just doesn't feel right. So when I got to my calf training, I tore my calf. Um, I felt like, man, it felt like someone took a pair of scissors and started cutting through my calf. That's what it felt like. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I basically let ego dictate that training session. It was like, you know, okay, I feel a little off. Don't be a sissy. Keep pushing hard. Body was giving me warning signs and I just ignored it because I knew I was like in, in the middle of the training session, I'm like I probably should stop and just come back tomorrow and, and, and train. But I'm like, nah, just keep pushing. Well, learn the hard way. Um, so going through that calf tear, you know, it took like 11 weeks to heal. It took me about four or five months somewhere in there to get back to normal again, like to get my training back up to speed. Um, so I lost a lot of time, you know, with training and progress and things like that. So it just really opened my eye that from an ego standpoint, you know, we have, we can't always like push ourselves no matter what, like you have to, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? On one side of the sword, we have to be go-getters and push, but on the other side, it can bite you in the ass, like I learned. Um, so it just changed my approach to training. Like it just kind of held me back off a little bit and think a little more methodical about it. And, um, you know, I'm still not perfect because obviously, like I said, I got injured this last prep, but uh, I've, I've been doing a lot better job at it. I think too, when you're younger, you're again, you're more pliable. So you can get away with, let's say, overreaching at times, you know, it's like, yeah. or you, uh, you know, you're just pushing a little too hard uh, because your body's more pliable. But as you get older, that shit starts to catch up to you and you start to get injured. Like I've, now that I'm in my forties, it's like, I had like every set I do. And this is something I talked about. We had just did a podcast with, uh, with Eric and, and Brad on my prep. Yeah. Uh, and we were talking about this. Like, I just like every set I do now, there's like a little bit of fear in me. Like, don't get hurt. Don't get hurt. So I'm like very mindful of my form my control so I might slow rep speed down purposely not because hey I think it's going to make me grow more like hey more time under tension it's like no so I don't snap and break so I'm thinking longevity and sustainability so sometimes you know we can read into the science again like okay science says to train this way but I look at it more from a practical standpoint like okay how can I train to keep me safe and what so I can progress over time so that's kind of like you know, my philosophy now with training, it's, it's more like, okay, what's, what's, what's going to be the most practical, not the most optimal. And sometimes when you're doing things more practical, it ends up being more optimal over the long haul. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and yeah, it's definitely something I noticed from your, uh, social media is that you have, you train with very measured and controlled techniques and, and it was too. I, remember, I think I was watching that story when you strained your back doing, uh, like, like uh, the leg press. Yeah, leg presses. And I was just, I was, I was choked, man. Like I was, I was watching or following your prep, and I thought your form was perfect. I didn't see any. Yeah. For it, you know. Yeah, I mean, it looks like if you look at it quick, it looks like oh, there was wrong with that. It, but what ended up happening was like the the leg press that we're talking about. It's like a hybrid hack leg press um and the way that thing is designed like for me personally like the way my body fits into it if i put any pressure on my heel like i try to drive through my heels on that machine it'll it'll basically take my butt away from the backing like my lower back and butt will come off the pad ever so slightly and so i know in my mind like okay i need to make sure that the pressure i keep it on my midfoot or my toes or both to keep my back firmly in place on the padding. So that way I don't get strained. Well, that session, 
that rep that it, it my that's what happened i drove through my heels too much and it just a, like my butt came off maybe I, I slowed it down in slow speed to kind of see what happened my butt came off maybe a half inch to an inch but that's all it takes sometimes and my lower back said no you're not having it today and i got injured um and there's also two if, if i think about prior to that like i i, I slept on the, the floor at the airport the night before because I, I was coming back from the show and I, the flight got delayed. So I had to sleep on the floor at the airport. And then it was a six hour flight. So I had like already, I was already stiff. So two things I learned from that was like, okay, you know, make sure I drive through my toes on that exercise. And two, when you're traveling, don't do legs the next day, maybe take a day <laughs> off or do upper body. Yeah. So again, it's like we go through ex these experiences and we learn if you want to, you know, think about, you know, the experience that you're in, assess it and learn from it. Don't just say, oh, that was just a fluke that I hurt my lower back. Let's let's continue to, you know, train lower days after a long airport delay. And hey, let's let's drive through my heels on this exercise because because Joey on the Internet said, hey, it's when you're doing leg press, you should be driving through your heels or squatting. You should be driving through yours like, no, do what is going to make you in particular the safest. Mm hmm. In terms of your injuries over the years, is there anything that any major modifications you've made to accommodate chronic injuries, like sort of changes in frequency or anything for certain muscle groups? Uh, good question. So for me personally, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. I think it, for me, I kind of know my thresholds. Um, again, experience over time. Um, like for me in general, like anything more than three or four sets ends up being like too much. Um, one quality just goes down in my training, stamina goes down, form breaks down, that type of thing. Um, if I train more than four days a week, I might be able to get away with it for a week or two, but then the accumulation of fatigue over successive weeks, training more than four days per week. Um, so I just don't recover as well. I get more aches and pains, a little more grumpy, crabby, um, motivation to train goes down. So I know kind of like a four days per week is kind of my threshold. Um, so those are kind of the, the, some of the things that, uh, you know, I've picked up over the years with myself. I'm sure I can probably train more days per week if I bring the intensity way down, like make your training sessions easier. But then, okay, then the question is how productive is that going to be? Then it ends up turning into fluffy workouts. Um, so, you know, to get to basically kind of like still work with intent to try to be productive in building more muscle, then yeah, my threshold is like four days per week with that type of intensity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really valuable. And just a note, but I think it's interesting how you said that you found upper lower splits to be um, the most sustainable for you. And mm -hmm. because like I've sort of settled on the same conclusion for myself, I train like upper lower, it's just really flexible in terms of stacking the days next to each other and like shuffling them around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think we're coming to a close here. I'm just going to wrap this up by saying, yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Jeff. I think there have been a lot of pearls from this uh, talk that I think people will benefit from. Um, where can people find you? You can find me mainly on Instagram, so 3DMJ Godfather on Instagram. Um, you can find me on 3DMuscleJourney.com website and on YouTube. We're uh, YouTube slash Team 3DMJ. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. That's all for now, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, give me a five-star rating, and leave me a review. 
My primary platform is YouTube, so if you'd like to see video content by me, you can find my YouTube channel if you search Ask Dr. Swole. See you next time.